This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 25 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. On Another Track is speaking with people we can't meet with face to face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. I find little snippets as people start talking. They say these little kind of things that are just throwaway comments or that, you know, what did you do? Yeah, I don't know how you've got enough time hours in the day. I don't know how you're doing it. I, I don't know either. A week ago, I actually started uh, becoming a Beachbody coach, which is why I'm doing the accountability groups right now. That's the voice of my guest this week, Tamara Bleeker. She's a specialist sales agent at Combined Insurance. I first had the pleasure of meeting Tamara at our open network group here in Edmonton. I was blown away by her energy and also her diversity of the types of jobs that she's done, but also the fact that she seems to be a serial entrepreneur and the energy just does not stop. If you want somebody to cover you for the correct insurance, if you're self-employed, she's the person to go to. But also, if you want somebody to help you make a cake or you want somebody to tidy up your house, again, she's the person to go to. She's an amazing old soul on young shoulders. I first started by asking Tamara about the company that she works for and the types of products that she can supply. So I work with an amazing company. It's called Combined Insurance. And they offer the most amazing uh, supplemental and accident sickness coverage that it's meant to help people. This company has a beating heart. We, we pay out for the things typically other insurance companies can't pay out for. So, you know, like broken bones and stitches and all the catastrophic stuff as well, too. So Okay, so are you, do you act as an independent sales agent for them then? Is that your kind of business? It's your own business? Yeah. Okay. And how long, how long have you actually been doing this job for now? So I've been actually only licensed for about six months, but I've been hanging out for quite a while. Okay, fair enough. And how did you get interested in the job itself? What appealed to you about the job? products and the and the culture so the culture is like uh the culture is so amazing within the office um everybody is so supportive and positive and uh i literally i went in for my very first day for a training session and i went home and i told my best friend that i might be joining a cult but i didn't care (laughs) (laughs) it was so different but it's not and it's 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 amazing (laughs) that's so funny because I was going to say how did you get into this line of work you know was it a bit cultish like but not quite but you know but joking apart I I kind of know what you mean by that but expand on that for the audience when you when you say that I know we're joking about the cult bit but why does it feel like a a kind of big family a family that you feel so comfortable with to start with you know what is it about it they're just they're just so everything is about you know just being the best you and they're all there to support each other. It doesn't, we're not there to compete. We're not anything like that. We're there to help continue to lift each other up. Like we start our days with gratitude because, you know, it just helps lift, gets rid of stress, helps lift us up. And they're just so welcoming. Like it was, it was just so awesome to come into a room and I didn't know anybody except for one lady. And, um, uh, one of the girls and I like, <laughs> I refer to them like the pretty girls. Cause like, I'm, I'm pretty, 
um, I guess like low key, I would say, but like there's girls that were there that were like very well put together and just amazing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And there was a girl who came talk to me and I'm like, oh my God, this pretty girl's talking to me. <laughs> that, but that's really nice to hear. So culturally that they, they put down a kind of a foundation for you to be able to start your own business, yeah. don't they? To support you and what you do. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, cause everybody kind of goes off the boil when you talk about insurance, mm-hmm. because it's one of those things that you don't really want it, but you have to have it sometimes. And also how do you go about pushing them up to the surface and saying, here, this is something that's a little bit different but it's something that can really add value, especially if you're in a certain situation. So kind of set it up for me. What is good about the policies and what are the type of people that you'd really think they're beneficial to? Well, well, first of all, they're beneficial to everybody and anybody. Um, I think, I think it should be a standard household name, to be honest, um, because it could, it could help anybody in any sort of financial situation. It's, it's good for the people like people typically say like insurance are for people who have the money, except this is for the, this is for the people who, if they were off one day work, one day of work, this could help them and they can afford it, which is again, why I fell in love with the products and the kinds of products we offer. We offer things that like, for instance, we have what we like to call like our emergency hospitalization plan. So if God forbid you ended up in an emergency situation where you ended up staying in the ICU or the hospital, we're able to actually help pay out for those claims. And it like last week we've paid out for three stubbed broken toes. That's <laughs> and incredible. I'm talking, yeah. And like $500 to $2,800 were the claim amounts. Like this company, they just pay out for everything when it comes to injuries. And and that's really interesting because our experience naturally, most people's experience with insurance companies is they understand insurance companies have got to keep the money. They've got to make money yeah. and they've got to make it so that they're not paying out for everything. So how does, you know, uh, combined insurance take people's payments, but are able to sort of also pay out and still keep going because there must be a balance somewhere. Do they have other interests, financial interests? How do they manage to spread their risk? Well, uh, first of all, like we do do like like proper investing and stuff like that. But the biggest, the biggest and most important thing about our company is we don't advertise. When you think of insurance companies, typically you will think of you know like Manulife, Sun Life, Geico, like all these ones that we've seen advertisements for, and people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in just advertising alone and we don't do any of it it's a word of the mouth company completely so basically they pay me to go get the word out and it it's and that's how they're able to keep paying all those claims and we got to pay out actually just uh just almost thirty thousand claims last year and nobody knows we exist still yeah, you know, that's a really interesting thing is that you're a bit like uh, what I call the old fashioned insurance companies, the ones that were, you know, in the you know the local town. It's where you went to to get all your insurances that people had the great knowledge. They really looked after you as a client because they knew you personally. And it, it, you know, it's funny, I have an insurance company for my truck and, you know, they're like a really old fashioned insurance company. And they gave me a rebate last year, like companies oh used goodness. to do. 
So you did make a claim last year. Guess what, Mr. Wilson? We've, you know, given you a rebate and also your insurance coming down because they don't do all the big advertisements, as you say. You know, they manage to keep their costs down. And that that's a, that gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling. That's the things that don't exist very much these days, that feeling of great customer care and a warm, fuzzy feeling when you've done business with somebody that you say, you know what, I'm going to recommend those guys. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. We're all about, you know, knowing our clients, um, especially our district. We uh, we keep all of our clients. So instead of you getting a new sales agent every time you need something, you talk to the same person and you build a good relationship with them. So if I was going to come to you for insurance, what's the range of things you can do and can't do? Maybe start with what you can't do and then what you can do. So the things that we can't do, I guess, is so... Um, we are specifically all about accident and sickness coverage. We do do critical illness and cancer care. Our company does have a life insurance line as well. I don't really specialize in necessarily the life insurance because everybody offers it. And then any other insurances, obviously, we can't do. Uh, so what we do is that specifically. And we like to do it so that we can actually offer like accident and sickness separate. So we can actually work with budgets. Got you. Okay. And talking about budgets, that leads us into a really, really good point. Are we saying that, you know, because they do pay out fairly swiftly, they're, they're very much about customer orientated mm-hmm. insurance, right? The, do, do the premiums reflect that? Are they extremely high or medium to high in your opinion? Or what, what are the budgets that you need to have to have insurance like this? If you can afford a fast food meal once a month, you can afford you can afford some accident coverage for yourself. That's fair enough. And, and what what sort of level of coverage does that give you? I mean, if you did the sort of basic one like you've just described. Yeah. So for something like that, um, for so our smallest policy is $14 a month for our accident side. Um, and it goes all the way up as high as $56. So it's a... Wow. Yeah. It's really affordable in my mind. Um, and so for on the accident side... Um, it would cover any type of accident that you may end up in. And that one specifically, so that would be like a, um, so our emergency hospitalization. So if you were to spend a night in the hospital at $56 a month, you're, you'll receive $300 a day every single day you're in the hospital. And then on top of that, you'll be receiving $1,500 for ICU stays. You get reimbursed for your ambulance. And then we cover recovery time, which is the big thing on that one. So 10 days minimum of recovery time up to and that's like $300 a day because you're a word of mouth company uh, the great thing about that is that people stay with you that's the thing if you've got that reputation so who primarily is your clients would it be somebody who's in normal employment or do you tend to find that you've got a quite a nice niche market in people that possibly self-employed run their own businesses what what do you find for the clients in our office are literally everybody we've got we have people like you know dentists chiropractors, all of the people who are in like the higher up professions, but we also have things that people who are self-employed, we, I personally like to work with uh, small business owners, um, self-employed. I think it's tailor-made for anybody who's in the trades or works with metals. And I think it's very important for families as well, because we cover families, which is huge. I totally agree. And I mean, there's nothing worse than being self-employed and then you're off 
through no fault of your own, mm-hmm. had an accident, and then you start worrying about how you're going to pay bills or how you're going to run the kids to school because you can't afford to put gas in the in the car, you know. And those are the worries that you just don't need when you're self-employed. You know, it's the least of your worries. It needs to be the least of your worries. Yeah. Okay, so so I'm going to dive a little bit down into your background and, and see how you managed to get into this business. How did you kind of, you know, metamorphosize into this business? How did you get involved? Well... I got involved because I actually had a, I was doing a side job organizing a lady's house. Yeah. She, she wouldn't stop. She wouldn't leave me alone. She told me that I needed to get into the financial industry (laughs) and she wouldn't leave it alone. She, uh, she went at it and went at it and I really didn't want to, but I decided to kind of check out what she was talking about because she would stop pounding me on it. (laughs) Yep. Got it. Yeah, I sat down with um, her her uh, agent, her combined, and so her agent just showed me what it was, and I just I fell in love. Yeah, that was how it kind of all came about. I guess <laughs> I never I never wanted to be an insurance, to be honest. No, and I mean it's it's not the thing that people think about immediately that you know insurance is going to be the the passion in their life, you know. But I think once you find how important it is to modern life, you know, that it can be part of that, and it can really provide a great service especially when you need it you know that's that's how you get perspective on it but here i just picked up on something you were organizing a lady's house so tell me all about that that is your secret life before insurance yeah it was just a side gig um i uh i was very i'm still very close with my uh high school drama teacher okay it was a friend of hers and she was just like hey you know, I was, I was, uh, I was a stage manager in her uh, performing arts class. And so right. very well organized. I ran her the whole entire performing arts extracurricular. I helped her out very much so in that way. And I mean, she let me run with it. So it, it really helped. <laughs> She's the, wow. the best of the best. And uh, yeah, so she was like, Hey, like you're good at organizing. You should go talk to this woman. She's cool. <laughs> And so was it just a one-off of organizing somebody's garage or house or something? Or did you do it as a job, a continuous job? Oh, no, I had never done it before, really. I mean, I had ventured into some like residential cleaning specifically and did like that on a side job at one point. But yeah, yeah, no, she was just like, you, you can organize here. Now, that's a really good topic because I know we've gone off slightly off insurance, but I was I'm intrigued by it because in in your experience of that organization and house cleaning and things like that, do you find that we've become a nation of hoarders? Has the world become a hoarding world now? What what's your perspective on that? Of the clients that I've had, I mean, one client he he they were a minimalist family, like they had literally nothing. There's the other side that was they had a lot of stuff and it was kind of overwhelming. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know. That one's really hard to say because I feel like the newer generations are becoming more minimalists. Yes. Yeah. I think it's more of like the older generations that are more of the hoarders. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because you notice that the way that we own things or not necessarily own things, but the way that we listen to music now in, in most cases, we download or we we just listen to it on, you know, the, the, the service like Spotify and yeah. iTunes. And so therefore, the life is based around not necessarily owning tangible things, but having access to them. So uh, here's, the, here's the thing, right? And I've I, I got to ask you about this because this really intrigues me. If you had somebody who, uh, say they were separated and they were coming together and they're bringing two houses or maybe three houses together because they had a rented house as well. How could you first tackle an amazing garage that's full of three 
three times everything. How do you go about that, organizing things like that? Tell me. First, I have to look at the space and I... I'm one of those people who can see the bigger picture, I guess. Um, like even in retail, like doing merchandising and stuff, it was never about like any small specific things. It was first, you need to look at the big picture. What do you want? Visualize it. And then just, you just start in a small spot and just work your way through it. The biggest thing is you have to start or else it just never gets done. And some people like to do it by category. For me, it's like, let's start from one end of the room and work our way around. You're absolutely right. It's like anything in life. If you can start it, then you can get an end result, isn't it? But the starting is the daunting thing. So if somebody's listening to this and say they're kind of, you know, in the mid fifties like me, they've hoarded a lot of things over the years. Where can you start? What's a really quick win when it comes to tidying up your own environment? You know, what what do you suggest? What what are the things to get organized and to start really sorting out? Oh, man, (laughs) I think it really depends on the person, because I feel like every person has um, maybe like a different area where they would hoard or um, collect too much stuff or whatever. For me, it's usually my like my kitchen has always got too much stuff um because I do I do cakes on the side so I I just like collect cake stuff (laughs) or my desk because I'm always there but I guess go to where you are the most and start there if you clean that up I guess then it's going to kind of more inspire you to get the rest of the space done so like a small win almost isn't it because if you clear your immediate environment it allows you to breathe a little bit and feel because it kind of weighs you down doesn't it it's it has a, a do you find it has a relationship to people's moods and you know levels of depression or happiness depending on where somebody is is it a big factor in how they hoard oh absolutely i think so because uh i like even from my experiences like if my house is out of order it it's a lot for me <laughs> especially working from home now and everything too it's like if my desk isn't clean it, it it's distracting even Totally, totally. I, I don't disagree with that. So if, if somebody still wanted to employ you as uh, as somebody to organise their home and their domestic space, are you still open to, to doing that? I mean, I enjoy it. So as long as they don't mind my OCD-ness, um, maybe. <laughs> Perfect. No, and the only reason I ask that, because this gets listened to across the country, you know, and around the world. And it's a domestic issue for many people, especially with lockdown, Mm -hmm. that they become surrounded with these items and they really feel bogged down. It's almost like they they have like their mind is full of jumble and their life is full of jumble. And that was why I was asking you, is there some kind of key things that you can start to, you know, what are the ways to easily do that? Now, I did hear another thing in there. You make cake. So tell me all about that. What, what happened there? How did you get into that? I got into it because I didn't want to pay $160 for a cake. And then I realized it was actually worth that once I made it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, about, I guess it would have been about now, almost three years ago, uh, Halloween three years ago. Um, I, my daughter wanted a unicorn cake, you know, like that typical one on Pinterest and everything. And, um, there was a cake shop selling it for like $160 for just like a small six inch cake. And I'm like, there is no way this cake is worth that much money. So I decided to try and make it. It was my very first cake, very first time using fondant and everything. And the cake turned out pretty okay. Um, <laughs> the fondant work needed, definitely needs some work, but everything else was really nice. And 
I, I enjoyed it. I'm a, I, I like to work with my hands and I'm creative. So it was just like, it was just like a creative outlet for me. And after making that cake, someone was like, that was your first cake. You should start, you should continue. Cause that was good for a first one. So right. I kind of practice and practice and I just started doing them. I put, I posted on Facebook marketplace that I was doing them and I ended up with some insane cakes that, you know, I'd spend all night doing <laughs> And then having to, you know, be a mom of three kids during the day. So that was good. Wow. Uh, Once COVID hit, I actually kind of dug into the Instagram world of like the Baker's Cake community. And it's it's an amazing community on there. And I learned a lot. They do like uh, what's called collabs. So because nobody was ordering cakes, so I had no cakes to make. So I was not, I was feeling very uninspired. So I got to do all sorts of cakes and practice pipe work and different techniques. And yeah, it's, it's been fun. <laughs> That's incredible. You're a serial entrepreneur, aren't you? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're so young. I mean, and with a small family as well. I mean, I imagine, do you mind me asking how many, what age your kids are? Yeah, uh, my oldest is, she'll be seven on Halloween. My middle child, she's going to be five at the end of August. And then my youngest will be three at um, the end of July. You're halfway through listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week is Tamara Bleeker from Combined Insurance. Next, I wanted to ask Tamara a little bit more about her family, where they came from. And also there's a surprising surprise, if that makes sense, of where her family lineage goes back to. Um, well, uh, I'm originally from BC myself. I'm from 100 Mile House, BC, this itty bitty little town that nobody knows about, um, right in the middle of the mountains. And that's uh, where my dad and uh, my dad's side of the family still reside. My mom and I, we kind of moved all over BC for the most part. Like I've lived in Kamloops and Cranbrook and Quesnel and all these places, mostly because my mom was always in search of work. And she met my stepdad now in BC there. And then he actually got work here in Edmonton. Right. Oh, man, about 20 years ago. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, So he got work here in Edmonton 20 years ago. So we came in here. And uh, we've been here since. Wow, what a journey. So um, where are you from originally? I'm not 100% sure on my, mo- my mom's side, other than um, her dad was actually, his mother came from Ukraine. Right. And uh, so that's where actually our blue eyes and our family is very dominant from the Ukraine. So that's kind of a thing I hold dear. And then my dad's side of the family, actually, there's a gentleman uh, by the name of William Brewster who came across on the Mayflower and he was my great grandfather times 16. Wow. <laughs> what a claim to fame. Yeah. That is incredible. So you were one of the original settlers of the new world that your family lineage has come from that then. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, and he was one of the people to help um, people uh, separate from the church and like saved lots of people. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really cool to find. Wow. <laughs> How, so how did you find all that out? I mean, how did you, how did you manage to get that history so far back? Um, my grandmother's been working on our family tree. So um, she's got it all the way back to him for the most part. We are missing some gaps here and there. That That is an amazing story. And of course, William Brewster would have been coming from the UK, would have been yeah. part of the... Uh, yeah, well, of course, England at the time. But uh, yeah, gosh. Well, there you are. So you, yeah, we're not quite royalty, but that's pretty much New World royalty, isn't it? Yeah. 
So, so tell me who's inspired you because you've got a lot of great energy. You've got this really positive, vibrant energy, which is wonderful. You've, you're, like I say, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've got ideas going and then you just throw yourself into it. Who inspired you? Who in the family was like that? Is there somebody that you look up to that was very similar to you? I look up to a lot of people in my family, but I wouldn't say like none of them have ever been like serial entrepreneurs. I do have like um, both my grandparents on both my both my parents sides they both own their own businesses um, one was a print shop one was a fabrication shop um, and the other one actually owned a ranch as well yeah there's been people who've owned businesses I guess within my family but my mom taught me well I guess I grew up in a way of you know like first of all family is always one of the most important things because you know no matter what they're always going to be there for you even if they are so mad at you they don't want to stand you they'll still be there for you and then the other thing is just to be positive like she always you know like what's the point of worrying about something if it hasn't happened yet or if you can't change it and just things like that like it was that's that's how I grew up, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's incredible because for somebody, and I don't even know your age. Do you mind me asking what age you are? I'm 29. Well, for a 29 year old to have a small family and to have three different businesses, literally, you've done one after the other, and still probably doing two of them at the moment, I have to take my hat off to you. I think that is an amazing achievement. It really is. So I'm going to ask you something else because I think that you've got big ambitions. I can tell it just in the sparkle in your eyes, right? That you you're going to go places. So what's the crystal ball? saying for tomorrow bleaker where where's tomorrow gonna go what's your big five or ten year plan oh man i'm not 100 sure to be honest but i do i do have like in my bones i've always had that feeling of like i've been meant for something big and in this last little while um actually because of combined and everything like that um they've inspired me to do more so i've actually opened up my own woman's group Good. I've also started like a workout accountability group for them. And I'm actually trying to set up a situation where I can actually help moms specifically who are fleeing from domestic violence through my business of combined as well. And uh, I'm just I, I have a feeling that that's kind of my pathway is just to help women. Because I mean, like, I, and I'm not alone to say this, that I'm pretty sure every single woman's, you know, they've we've been through a lot, you know, like I know in my life, I've been through a lot of different things that have taken my power or who that have taken, you know, friends powers. I've seen women who are the most incredible people in the world, and they don't even know their worth. And so that is kind of my I think my biggest pathway is in doing good things with through my company and giving through my company, I'm also going to be able to give that way. And I think that's, that's gonna be my life's work till the day I die. You know, and I love that because that's right from the heart and the soul, isn't it? You know, you've lived and breathed it and you've said that, you know, and I understand yeah. what you're saying. And, you know, you've seen some tough situations, not just in your life, uh, and you've overcome them and you've got the strength to drive through. But you're also seeing it now, like you say, in the, in the insurance business, because you have to actually literally go and see people. You have to at least communicate with them. And because of your experience, you pick up on those little nuances of things that are going on, I imagine, or you get a feeling for something. And you, you recognize that. Is that is that fair to say? For sure. I've I've I mean a lot of people that I'm I'm meeting for through my insurance is not so much um people who I would say I mean there are definitely a few people in there that could use more, you know, help and stuff, but through my 
through my networking, I'm meeting so many women who have gone through so many things and who are at processes of being empowered, um, who are empowered. And then people like, um, for like the domestic violence situation, I actually met with a lady who's uh, with Wings of Providence. Uh, nobody knows they exist. And um, they're all about helping women with um, domestic violence. And, and, and then even in my personal life, especially in my personal life, like, there's a lot of women in there that, you know, that, that's why I started the women's group was for my best friend. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I have to take my hat off again for somebody who's such a busy life and has got so many strings to her bow to start to do that and to give back is such a great thing in your 20s. I mean, I really admire that. You know, there's a lot of effort involved in that. But you know what? You must see some successes as well being there as a support mechanism for people, eh? Oh, of course. I mean, even even in the short time that I've had my women's group, I've only had it going for a couple months here now. And even in that, like even the people who literally didn't even know why they were alive kind of thing, they're starting to hear my voice. They hear like, no, I am important. No, I am a priority. And um, and I'm seeing those things, just small things. And it's it's it means the world to me to be able to see those things. Yeah, no, and I'd, I'd like to say I totally respect that. If um, you did mention a group name there, do you mind repeating that again, the one that you just mentioned, so that we've got that and then people can maybe log on if there's a, a web page or something. So what's the name of the group? Well, I just started it. It's uh, I only have it on uh, Facebook at the moment. That's fine. Um, yeah. And it's uh, just a female empowerment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then just type that into Facebook, yeah. female empowerment, is it? They have to be invited. They have to answer some questions and you and invite them in but yeah okay no good well and and again this podcast is more a vehicle not just for business but also for us socially as human beings about the human stories you know and I'm so glad we found that out about you because I didn't know that from just meeting you off you know just the the time that we met the networking group um but here's the other thing you did mention networking how important is networking in our lives what would you say Oh, it's, I think it's probably the most important thing in the world. I, especially if you're in any sort of um, business for like, if you're self-employed an entrepreneur, any of those things, networking is absolutely the key because it makes you, it makes you a professional. But on top of that, like for me, at least it feeds my soul. (laughs) I'm like, I, it's such a good way to meet people and see uh, what they're doing and I create good friendships too. Like I've created actually a few really good friendships in it with people who are like-minded, which is really wonderful. And also that way you can also find ways to add value to others that you wouldn't necessarily know how to have been able to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's the surprise about, you know, discovering those friendships is that, you know, somebody brings someone to the table that you never thought of before or you never knew about. Mm-hmm. And that inspires you, doesn't it? That inspires you to, to find out more and to dig down a little bit more. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a tough question now. <laughs> who who supports Tamara Bleeker, though? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> no, I do. I do have um, I do have quite a few um, amazing people in my life that have um, I can call any time. Um, I can do anything. I have a sa- my sales leader actually through my work. He helps me with everything. I can call him about literally anything, work or not. And then I actually my old drama teacher. She's I she's one of my closest dearest friends. But I also view her as a mentor too. She's just phenomenal, and uh, she's actually working on a larger scale of women's group through transmedical meditation. I probably said that wrong. 
No, you did say it right. I think uh, yeah, I get exa- I knew exactly what you meant, but that's pretty pretty big stuff, isn't it? The meditation side of things. Yeah, and she's uh, she's helped me a lot with the women's group as well, and um, making sure that I'm taking care of myself as well as I'm trying to help others. And actually, I get to help her with hers her group as well. She's going to bring me on her team, so I'm really excited about that. And I've got you know quite a few really good friends too who've. I mean, my best friend is probably the biggest saint in the world. And it's important to hold on to those really close friends, isn't it? That's the people you need around you to support you and move you up. Okay, so um, I'm going to quickly go back to the business because I want to let people know how they can get a hold of you. So just refresh everybody's memory of of the name of the business, first of all. Combined Insurance. Okay. And what's the best way of getting a hold of you? Is there a website and an email address? Um, well, we do have a website, but it doesn't really have much information on it as they like to leave it up to the agents. Um, but I do have my email address specifically, which is my first and last name, Tamara Bleeker. Well, Tamara.bleeker. Okay. At combinedagent.com. At combinedagent.com. Okay. And Bleeker is spelled B-L-E-E-K-E-R. Is that correct? Yep. Good. I've got that. So I just wanted to make sure that we've got that correct there. And in terms of Facebook or any other that is sort of like social platforms, where are you on? Are you on the, all the social platforms? So I do have my LinkedIn account for my combined. And then that's pretty much all I'm using at the moment. LinkedIn has really been a great business platform for a lot of people I know. And uh, actually you look very snazzy with your very professional glasses, by the way, I have to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, one quick question before we go, because uh, I always, like I say, ask everybody that comes on the show um, mm-hmm. about this. And in a way, it's it's kind of hard because usually for an older person, it's easy. Well, not easy, but it makes them think very deeply. I usually say, you know, if you were 18 again, but maybe if you left school again, that's probably the one. If you were leaving high school, what would you tell yourself? Um, I don't know. I guess if I was... If I had to tell myself something leaving out of high school, I would probably just say, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I have no regrets in my life. I've every single challenge and struggle in my life has led me up to here. And so it would just literally just keep, keep going because you'll, you're going to get to somewhere where you're going to be a little bit happier and a little bit. There you are. <laughs> and and sorry, I cut you off in the end. What was the last word? I just said, and a little bit more. <laughs> And a little bit more. Yeah, I can't say better than that. And that actually is about following your heart and your passions, isn't it? And and getting to the end. Um, and you know what that end's going to be, do you? Just It's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm I'm so excited for it. I'm excited for my 30s. I don't know why women are so scared of growing old. I'm excited to. I'm excited to see what's coming for me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, speaking from experience, it was terrible coming out of my 20s. <laughs> My 30s was just the worst time. I thought, oh, I'm old now. But actually getting to my 40s and 50s didn't worry me. But the 30s were tough, and I don't know why. I think it's a bit psychological. You can't be a kid anymore, do you know what I mean? Do reckless things. But My great-grandfather, he, he actually he broke all of his knuckles at the age of 75 playing ball hockey. So you can't be young forever. <laughs> well, there's hope for us yet, isn't there? That's the thing. Well, listen, um, it's been a sheer pleasure interviewing you, you know, and uh, I have to say, keep that energy and keep bottling it. Keep putting it into those really great projects that you're working on and uh, keep being a serial entrepreneur, you know, because you're going to be you're going to be big one day. You are if you're not already. (laughs) You really are. I I love I love what you've got. And I, I get I encourage people to check you out on LinkedIn. 
because, um, you know, if somebody's looking for somebody with lots of energy, lots of enthusiasm and lots of drive, they can't go wrong looking at Tamara Bleeker on LinkedIn. There you are. Thank you again for giving up the time. And thank you, babysitter, by the way, looking after the three kids. I appreciate it. I will. I absolutely will. And thank you so much for uh, sitting down and talking. It was really a pleasure. You've been listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week was Tamara Bleeker of Combined Insurance, offering you a unique and affordable way of protecting your family. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in this series. Just look out for On Another Track with me, David Wilson, on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated. Keeping us safe on the roads of North America.